the Legal Toolkit with Jared Correa. With guest, Rachel Clare. We play upstate New York, rural Alabama, or household cleaner. And then, get your thinking caps on, Jared stretches your conception of reality by diving into linguistic paradoxes. But first, your host, Jared Correa. The Legal Toolkit podcast runs deep. And yes, it's still called the Legal Toolkit Podcast. Even though I have no clue what a precision T-rule does, is there such a thing as an imprecise T-rule? I don't know. I'm your host, Jared Korea. You're stuck with me because David Letterman was unavailable. His fulsome beard ate him. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys and bar associations. Find us online at redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software, an intake platform for law firms. Learn more and schedule a demo at gideonlegal.com. Now, before we get to our interview today with Rachel Clare of Interconnected Us, let's talk some more about AI. I mean, everybody's doing it. All right, so this is probably not the last time I talk about AI, It's definitely not the first time I talk about AI. I'm already kind of sick of it, but I think some stuff needs to be said. So at this point, I think that AI, artificial intelligence, is an assistive technology for attorneys, other business owners, and just about everybody else. It's not dangerous yet, though, spoiler alert, I guarantee you it's going to become dangerous and it might lead to the downfall of humanity. Pretty shitty stuff, but I think we have a little bit of a window before that happens. So you've probably read out there that AI does this thing called hallucinating, which I think is a bad term for what that actually is, which means basically the AI makes shit up, right? So you've probably seen the story. uh, There's been two, I think, one in New York, one in Texas, where lawyers have input case law into AI that's not accurate. The case law was essentially made up by AI. And one of those lawyers was like, hey, AI, are these accurate sites? Now, let me just say this. You're a fucking moron if that's how you're checking your sites. That's just the way it is. Like, A, yeah, it's an assistive technology in much the same way that a paralegal would be an assistant in your firm. Again, take what your paralegal drafts as a brief and not even look at it? No, of course not. Are you going to tell your paralegal, hey, are these sites good without looking at them? Oh, sure. Because I'll tell you what, AI is not going to be like, yo, Ted, you caught me, bro. I made up those sites. It's not going to happen. AI is programmed to provide you a solution. And when it can't provide you a solution, it will make things up. So like any other assistive technology, you have an oversight responsibility as an attorney. So just oversee it. That all being said, that shouldn't dissuade you from using AI. When you're an early adopter, shit like that happens. And you should be an early adopter because for far too long, attorneys have not been that. So I wanted to talk about three real-life use cases for attorneys using generative AI. I'm not talking about legal tools yet. I'll get to that in a second. If you're using ChatGPT, if you're using Google Bar, you're just hacking around with this stuff, you haven't done anything with it yet, Here's three things you could try. 
And let me give credit to my guy, uh, Josh Nofke out of Michigan, who's an attorney that I've been doing some AI presentations with. We cover some of this stuff in a program we run, but this is not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination. So here are three things you can do with a generative AI tool. You may be saying to yourself, what is, sir, a generative AI tool? Good question. Um, I'm going for like the easiest definitions of AI that I can get for attorney. So generative AI, think of it this way. It produces or generates content images for you. Could be any kind of content. Like I said, it could be images, could be text. So that's useful for attorneys, right? Because they got to generate content. And there's different types of content that you generate. A lot of people are talking about blogs, right? Because it used to be that Google was marking down AI content. That's not happening anymore. So what can you do from a substantive practice level and from an administrative standpoint with generative AI? Well, here's one thing. I've known attorneys who are drafting total complete contracts or utilizing AI to generate contract clauses. And you know what they're telling me? This might be a theme here. It gets it about 80 to 90% of the way there. It's a good starting point. But then they need to polish it up before they actually utilize it. Yeah, that's about the strategy with AI in general, right? So that's one thing you can do. What's another thing you can do? You know, emails that you're drafting to clients and attorneys that you're working with, you can have AI draft that as well. Again, you're not just cutting and pasting, right? You're reviewing stuff, you're editing it. AI is getting quicker and quicker, especially the generative AI tools. Like try ChatGPT4. ChatGPT 4.5 is coming out. This stuff is getting faster. It's definitely faster than you in drafting an email. So put some bullet points in there, throw in some guideposts, create a useful prompt, and you might be able to find an easy way to generate that email correspondence that lawyers hate but have to do constantly. Another thing I think is interesting is utilizing AI to generate workflows or processes in law firms. So I'm a consultant. Is AI going to put me out of business? I don't know. Maybe at some point. But for right now, again, it's an assistive technology. I have clients of mine that I'm, I'm happy to jump into ChatGPT and be like, okay, we're going to design a workflow. Let's use ChatGPT to get us started. And then, oh, I can tweak this or I can change that. That's helpful to me. Saves time for everybody. I'm good with that. So again, three ways you can use AI, non-exhaustive list. Think of some others for yourself. It's the first step. You review it and you tweak it. A couple things I would say here to round it out. One is, yeah, I'm not necessarily dropping confidential information into an AI tool at this point, especially a free generative AI tool, especially like OpenAI, which who knows what the fuck they do with that data. So use placeholders for names, try to exclude confidential information. That's the way you roll there. And then the other thing that's going to be helpful moving forward is there already are a number of, and there are going to be a lot more coming out, AI tools in legal software. So you've already got brief drafting tools, research tools, e-discovery, case management software is coming out with AI features. And that's a little bit safer in the sense that if you're using AI to generate stuff in LexisNexis, you can check that against their case law database. So with generative AI tools that you're just using for free, like ChatGPT, which everybody uses, you're just accessing a data set that they have that's not legal specifically. It's not built for lawyers. But the cool thing about these softwares, research and others, is that not only are they gonna be able to access the benefits of like a ChatGPT, 
which has this external learning model where they have a certain set of information that that boss is learning from. But you're also going to be able to use the internal data that the legal software has. So that could be data about legal research. That could also be data about the way you search. That could also be data about the way other attorneys search on the platform. That gets a lot more granular, a lot more specific, and there are gonna be some really cool things coming out in terms of AI. We're only at the forefront of this and you should be looking at it and utilizing it and testing it out as an attorney because it's gonna be a big part of your practice moving forward. Be an early adopter so you understand it before it's forced upon you. Boy, that was kind of serious. All right, let's find out more about what our sponsors can do for your busy law practice before we talk regarding the value of mastermind groups for female attorneys with Rachel Clear. Then stay tuned as we traverse Western New York in the rump roast, which remains unaided by AI technology, which is just the way we like it. Partner with rankings.io the marketing agency for law firms that want results, not excuses. With flat rates for Google ads, a track record ranking attorneys for the most competitive terms on Google, and a team always easy to reach by phone, even during off hours, Rankings.io is the agency of choice for firms that want the rankings, traffic, and cases other law firm marketing agencies just can't deliver. Visit Rankings.io for a free consultation and start seeing your firm grow. Contract automation isn't a trend, it's a strategic imperative. Though big players in the e-sign world will make you believe implementing it will cost you big bucks and more than a few headaches, it doesn't have to be that way. DocuB is an easy to onboard, full suite of products and includes e-signature, brilliant workflow capabilities and AI contract automation at nearly half the price of those out of touch behemoths. The one thing DocuB doesn't automate? Their customer service. Visit get.docub.com slash contracts to set up a call with a real live person. DocuB will be with you every step of the way. Okay, everybody, let's get to the meat in the middle of this legal podcasting sandwich. Today's meat is turkey. It's the other, other white meat. All right, that's enough of that bull junk. It's time to interview our guest. We have today making her first and hopefully not last appearance on the Legal Toolkit podcast. It's Rachel Clare, the founder and CEO of Interconnected Us. Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm so excited. I'm good. Really? Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. So you just you just started this company, Interconnected Us. So just talk to me about that. Like I like to get the founder's journey. People are interested in it. So How'd you get here? Yeah. Why'd you decide to start this company? What does it do? Thank you so much. So it's building an online community for women lawyers and it's giving them a you know safe space to talk about the questions they can't get addressed elsewhere. So, you right. know, women, of course, women lawyers have bar associations and have, you know, organizations that they can participate in everywhere, but but they don't have a place where they're in a psychologically safe space. <laughs> That's really what I'm creating. So we've got right. cohorts, we've got um, an online platform that we're launching where people are going to be able to join and, and have these kinds of conversations. So wait, you're saying that these female lawyers don't feel comfortable going to their 80-year-old white male boss and being like, <laughs> let me talk about my feelings for real? I know. 
I know it's hard. It's hard to believe, but um, <laughs> what a shock! I mean, I think one of the problems we have as lawyers is, you know, the brave face, and it's like part of the reason you qualified, you find yourself going to law school is you're a tough cookie, right? You're a good student, you're a good reader, da 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 da. You're a good kid, but right. you're also you know, maybe argumentative, maybe you believe in justice, you, you, you know, there's all kinds of qualities, good and bad is my point, but the profession itself is, is arguing and worrying. <laughs> I don't mean to pathologize the no. profession, right? But that's like Pretty what you much. do. You, I mean, if you're managing risk and then you're going to debate about how to manage it. So when you get to a certain point in our journey, you get to this level where if you want to keep going, you need to drop some of those habits that got you where you are now. And so... That's really what we're talking about. It's personal growth and it's surrounding ourselves with others who are on that journey as well. Okay, Rachel, you know that like meme online where it's like things guys do to avoid therapy? Yes. Is, is that <laughs> one of the reasons why you chose to work with female lawyers only to start with? <laughs> but I love female. I mean, I, I noticed that the women I like to surround myself are female lawyers and female entrepreneurs. It's women who are brave and tough. And we're still human. <laughs> There's still stuff that happens in our lives. So it's when you get lawyers together in a room, in particular women lawyers, you get, you know, strategy and empathy. <laughs> and so who else would I want to take my real life to? I love these conversations. Like, yeah. you know, when we have um, our guards down, it's it's unbelievable how women are able to get the questions answered that they can't ask publicly. And then, then they've got a path forward to, you know, write that book, give that speech, go for that promotion, open that business. Do you find some reluctance for people to join groups like this? Because, I mean, you're not necessarily sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, but maybe you're sharing your, like, biggest business fears. So does That's it take right. some convincing sometimes to tell somebody, like, okay, this is a viable place to do this? And especially if you're solo, like, who else do you have to talk to? Right. Yeah. So convincing is something I try to consciously move away from. <laughs> I'm putting out there what I'm doing and if, if people are interested, but I definitely agree. Like there is a significant segment of people Co who coaxing, go to law school. Maybe. How about encouragement? <laughs> Encouraging. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. yeah. Welcoming. <laughs> Welcoming. Even, That's even great. encouraging is, is aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I would say welcoming. So it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of us that Again, part of the psychology of why you go to law school, some people were in childhoods where they were they were shamed if they were vulnerable. And so discussing anything where they show any weakness, including about their business, I agree with you, is like a total non-starter. I mean, there was one woman who, who wanted to have a coffee chat with me and we, we were talking and she, as I was describing, like having real conversations and such, she rolls her eyes. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, 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 I'm just here for networking. <laughs> oh, I'm like, really? well, that's not, that's oh not what we're doing. I mean, you can get that anywhere. Like that's, that's right. a, to me, that's a dime a dozen. Like these are deep connections you're going to get. We're going to have real conversations. You're going to, you know, take off your mask and be real. And no one's forced to, to your point, but it's women who choose to, who are like, I want to get ahead and I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to go there. I'm brave, including in this way. So the thesis, part of the thesis, and I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so I want you to explain this, obviously. Yeah. Part of the thesis is if you can get past this issue that comes up, which could be like, it could be some personal roadblocks, could be some business roadblocks, you were a more effective and efficient business runner. Absolutely. And, okay. and even if you're in a firm and or if you work 
as a lawyer in government or in the business world. You don't have to be mm-hmm. practicing. I, I didn't practice for a lot of my career. There's transferable lessons. So, you know, if it's how you deal with the inner critic that you have, how you strategize to get in front of your target audience, you know, all these pieces, these are the kinds of conversations that we can have and we can discuss the barriers. So identifying the obstacles, trying to get people to move past it. Like that, that inner critic thing is really interesting because we're both lawyers, right? Like, I think a lot of attorneys have this imposter syndrome that's really baked into what they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure yeah. that that you do a little bit of that, try to overcome that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work. Part of my origin story is my journey with Buddhism and, you know, all kinds of personal healing work, like ripping off layers of certain habits like that, that are the same ones that got me to law school. <laughs> right. So it's like right, right. toughness, being argumentative, being critical, being judgmental. Like, and I don't, again, I don't mean to pathologize that all lawyers no, you're, have you're, these traits or come to the law. Spaces, <laughs> you're in a safe space to do that. We can talk about that stuff. <laughs> I mean, but dropping those has given me so much more power in the world everywhere. So it doesn't matter if I have a business or if I work for someone else, but like my confidence to, you know, put anything out there to create, to be public, you know, just to be as visible as I am now, like all of that comes from having important conversations in spaces with people, you know, where I felt like I could share. So the Buddhism angle is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because like, yeah, that, it sounds like you're probably extracting some of the lessons from Buddhism in your personal life and then also how you run this organization. So mm-hmm, feel absolutely. free to explore the studio space a little bit on Buddhism. <laughs> I'm interested to hear. I love it. I love it. This is a safe space. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I call myself a compassionate disruptor. And something that I, I have struggled with in the last year is like, what's the messaging I should use around that? Like, what exactly does that mean? And like, yeah. you know, Gandhi's like the North Star. <laughs> Like, you know, I just kept saying to my marketing friends, like, Gandhi figured it out. I'm going to figure it out. Like, if it's, <laughs> if, it's too, if it's too compassionate, it gets too soft. I, I'm very ambitious. And I believe it. I believe, you know, yeah. we have degrees. We're powerful women. We're leaders. We're not just powerful women. We're powerful leaders. And we have a voice. And we deserve to be at the table just like you do. And by the way, I'm, of course, speaking as a white woman. Like, our, our colleagues who are of color are, you know, under-recognized in a thousand ways have a much harder time than I do. And so it's really like that piece is important to me as well. Wait, are you also saying diversity and inclusion is the issue in law firms? This is totally new to me. I know, I know, it's shocking. Yeah. All right, I, I want to spend a little bit of time on the logistics and how that works. Yeah. So you've chosen a mastermind as the yeah. model for this. Now, let me tell you, I've been in some fucking weird masterminds just between me and you. Not suggesting yeah. that yours is going to be one. Like, Don't why publish did you... it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, Let's why keep did, it quiet. Why did you yeah. pick that format? And like, how do you think it furthers what you're trying to do? Okay. So I, well, I started with the mastermind. The mastermind is actually, the doors are closed right now. And I'm like oh, moving really? towards this online community that's casting a wider net. Yeah. Oh, so I'll, interesting. I'll okay. So, so talk to me about, yeah. the, well, talk to me about the online community then, because that seems to be the yeah. direction this is taken. So like, yeah. Um, yeah. how does that work and how do people communicate that way? Cause that's like the mastermind thing is like real time conversations. And of course, oh, the yeah. online community, somebody could post at three, somebody could respond at 7am. Like, what is that like? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, just to put it out, just to like fully put it to rest, the mastermind is a yeah, you know, small group peer to peer learning experience and it's facilitated 
um, by me and soon it'll be faci- soon uh, when they reopen it, there will be others who facilitate as well. Oh, so, amazing. It's, you know, that's, yeah, that's really bringing people into about an eight person room where they're having a, a conversation twice a month. And so that's really a deep dive. That's much more high touch. You know, it's more of a time commitment. So that's an hour and a half every, every twice a month. Gotcha. Okay. So the community though is $149 a month. And we're launching on the Circle platform, which is really interesting. There's a public space that anyone can participate in for no cost, or, you know, I'll probably be doing some events there. And then the paid members will have access to the majority of, of the features. So within the community, that's where we'll be having expert events, coaching calls, and then peer-to-peer, all kinds of peer-to-peer learning opportunities. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. And what makes it really unique and a very different experience than going to the women's bar events in your town is, mm-hmm. is that the parameters of how we're going to keep a safe space, how we're going to respect one another. And that's again, where, you know, some of my personal journey comes really comes in and informs how we're going to do that. That's cool. So it sounds like tons of options there. And then are you still squeezing private coaching into this as well? Like, can you make that happen too? Cause you got a lot of offerings in place. Yeah, it's offered right now. I don't know if it's going to be around for a lot longer, but I mean, I love helping people. So that's, you know, there's there's like certain topics I especially love to coach on. And, you know, when I meet yeah. someone who really, you know, needs a hand with this or that, it's something I really enjoy. Every lawyer I've ever talked to is like, I'm like, why do you do what you do? And they're like, I want to help people. So you're in league with that for sure. <laughs> it's comforting to hear. Yeah. Rachel, this is really fun. Yeah. Thanks for going over all this stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, Will you come back for our last segment? I would love to come back for your last segment. Thank you. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> then I get to host, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that, you, you take over the hosting range. Sorry, everybody. This is my last podcast. Now, uh, we'll take one final sponsor break so you can hear more about our sponsor companies and their latest service offerings. Then stay tuned. That's right. It's the rump roast. It's even more supple than the roast beast. Simplify. With Cosmolex, the only fully integrated practice management solution. Everything you need, accessible anywhere. Trust and general accounting is built in, so you don't need QuickBooks. Cosmolex's Money Finder reminds you to bill for work you put into client matters so you don't leak money. That's messy. Lower cost, better business, and less frustration. Yes, please. It's all built in with Cosmolex. Free trial and take 20% off your first year at Cosmolex.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went... To a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network, available wherever podcasts are found. Welcome to the rear end of the Legal Toolkit. That's right, we're back at it. It's the Rump Roast. It's a grab bag of short form topics, all of my choosing. Why do I get to pick? Because I'm the host, at least for now. Um, now, Rachel, you're out in Western New York, you said, right? Rochester area? I am. I'm in the, I'm in the Finger Lakes region. Yes. <laughs> Finger Lakes. Beautiful. Yes. Known as wine country. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've, I have some relatives who lived up there. All right. So I've seen some shit in upstate New York. Let me tell you. Mm. Mm. So I wanted to play a little game. It's called Town in Upstate New York, Rural Town in Alabama, or Discontinued Household Cleaning Product. Here's how we play. <laughs> this maybe goes without saying, but I'm going to give you three names. One is going to be a town in upstate New York, a real town. One is going to be a rural town in Alabama, and one is going to be a discontinued household cleaning product. Maybe I didn't ex need to explain that. You'll need to identify <laughs> which is which. I think this is going to be fun. At least I do. Are you ready to play? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Here's your first group. Dwaynesburg, Childersburg, Radium Spray. One is a town in upstate New York. One is a town in Alabama. One is a discontinued household cleaning product. Which is which? I think we in New York have a Childersburg. And so I'm going to put Dwaynesburg in Alabama and Radium Spray. I'm going to guess is discontinued household product. These are going to get harder, but um, you got Radium <laughs> Spray, correct. That was okay. a household cleaner that they sold in the 1920s. There was a bug oh. spray, a disinfectant, and furniture polish. Sounds super oh, awesome. healthy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dwaynesburg is actually in New York. It is? Dwaynesburg? Yeah. Wow. I've driven through Dwaynesburg and it was pretty fucking creepy. So it is. it was originally known as Dwayne's Bush for some reason and it is home huh. of the American Revolutionary Era clergyman. Get this. Black Leech Barrett. That's quite the name. And uh, wow. Childersburg is in Alabama, home to professional basketball player Gerald Wallace, who was involved in the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade from the Nets to the Celtics. All right, Thank hey, you not for bad. clarifying that. Yeah, I'm that, just is it from that trade. <laughs> was full, that the trade? <laughs> full effects, full effects. All right, you ready for group two? Fairhope, Cyanogas, Cyanogas. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Never sink. Fairhope, Cyanogas. Never sink. Oh, God, this is getting harder. This is yeah. getting harder. Yeah. Cyano guess. I, I'm going to claim for us. I'm going to guess that's in New York. Okay. What, what else we got? Fair hope and never sink. Fair hope and never sink. <laughs> never sink, I'm going to put in Alabama and fair hope for cleaning. All right. We're over three on this one. That's all right. <laughs> this is a tough okay. one. Okay. Uh, cyano gas is actually a real gas. It was a gas that you would spray in your house to kill rats in the 20s. Mm. And probably wow. kill your children also. <laughs> wow. I feel like you're a time traveler. I, I wish I was. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Never Sink <laughs> is in New York. It's oh, on the hmm. Never Sink River. And it claims to be the birthplace of American fly fishing. So how about that? That last part is impressive. But Never Sink is such a, um, it's like the jokes are too easy. Like, I know. <laughs> you said that. I was like, oh, don't go there, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always go there on this show. Uh, Fairhope is in Alabama. It's on Mobile Bay. And it was founded oh. by followers of the economist Henry George, in case you're interested. Mm. Oddly enough, I don't know that much about Alabama. <laughs> <sighs> Neither do I. But let's keep going and pretend let's as if going. we did. Yeah. I'm, clearly, I'm made for this. Yeah. Group three. Group three. Eufaula. Tahawas. And Vim, Eufaula, Tahawas, and Vim. And I'm not making up any of these words. <laughs> what do you got? Can you repeat them? 
what are they? Ufala, Tahawas, and Zim? Vim? Yeah. Yeah, that was perfect. Okay. Ufala. New York. Tahalas. Kind of sounds like Florida. Alabama. <laughs> uh, Vim. Yeah, Vim is short and zippy. That's the cleaning right. product. But I always, I keep doing that. That Yeah. Go no, ahead. You're, you're spot on. Vim is a powder-based <gasps> cleaner released in 1904. And it's actually still used in Canada. India and Sri Lanka in its liquid form, but you did get the the cities mixed up. Tahawas mm. is in New York. It's actually a ghost town in mm. New York. Ooh, fun! It's been abandoned twice: once in 1857 and once in 1989. Wow, what, uh, 89? Why would a town be abandoned in 1989? They started a mine there, and everybody came to work in the iron mine. And then they did like a titanium dioxide mine, whatever that is, and they left again. <laughs> so it was a mining town twice over. Oh. Pretty interesting backstory. Maybe not that fun, though. <laughs> no, probably pro- probably not a place you want to hang out. Um, okay. Ufala is in Alabama. It's on the Chattahoochee River. And if you've seen the Reese Witherspoon movie, Sweet Home Alabama, that's where they film a lot of the scenes. I'm wondering if this is a covert pitch for your wife's travel agency. It could be. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Although I don't know that she's booking a lot of trips to Tahawas, New York. <laughs> I so, know, you're really selling the hell out of this. <laughs> go to Disney instead, everybody. Um, <laughs> all right, we got group number four. Butternuts, Evergreen, and Rinso. One's New York, one's Alabama, one's a household cleaner. I really want to say Rinso is the household cleaner, but I'm going to say Evergreen. <laughs> okay. And Rinso, <laughs> and Rinso. Alabama, and I don't even remember what the first one was. What was the Butternuts, the most butternuts memorable of all. Here. Oh, <laughs> butternuts should be here. Butternuts should be here. We got butternut. I just bought lots of butternut squashes. That's here. You, you do. Butternuts, New York. Correct. Yay! Rinso is actually the household <laughs> cleaner. He fell into my trap. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a laundry detergent that was discontinued in the 70s here in the States, but it's actually still the most popular laundry detergent in Indonesia. Evergreen is in Alabama. Wayne Frazier, who was the starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl mm, One, Thank you for there. clarifying. I would and have lost this, sleep over that one. Well, they got some wild trivia. So the first female pilot who was ever entered the U.S. Navy, her plane crashed there in 1982. So In Evergreen, Alabama? Yeah. Wild. Mm. Check out the Evergreen, Alabama Wikipedia page. It's pretty wild. All right, I got one more for you. Thank you. Okay, group five. Yes, only one more. <laughs> okay. Make it stop. <laughs> Dufold, triangle, Dufold. triangle, triangle, and mentone. Household names. One is household cleaner. One is a town in New York. One is a town in Alabama. What do you think? Dufold, triangle, and what? Mentone. 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 Do you mean Tone. to say you've never been to any of these places? <laughs> Dufold, Alabama. Yeah. Triangle, New York. Mentone is the cleaner. Triangle, New York is correct. Uh, okay. Settled in 1791. <laughs> Dufold is actually a self ringing mop that they sold in the 1950s. And Mentone oh. is in Alabama, named after Menton, France. They had an earthquake there in 2003, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Mm. Rachel, that was pretty good, actually. You did, you did a really good job there. You it got a lot of them was- right. Yeah, you got a lot of them right. <laughs> I mean, I just threw the shit at you. Like, you'd never heard of any of this stuff before. You didn't even know what we were going to do. You acquitted yourself very well. Thank you. 
Anytime, man. I just want to be like a regular. I just want to be a regular. All right. All right. We'll talk to Evan about that. All right. Take it easy. We'll talk soon. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Rachel Claire and Interconnected Us, visit interconnectedus.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-E-D-U-S. Interconnectedus.com. Check it out. Now, for those of you listening in Butternuts, New York, and Triangle, Alabama, we've got a new Spotify playlist built just for you. Actually, not by me. I asked a generative AI bot to create a 20-song playlist, including only songs about AI. Now you can listen to the results. We're very meta here. You know that. Now, sadly, I've run out of time to talk about the crocodile paradox, so we will return to that next time. Or will we? This is Jared Korea reminding you to gas the fuck up before you drive through upstate New York. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.